you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football. Live in New York City, it's Thursday, August 10th. Jamie Erdahl, Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. It is Thursday, August 10th. Thursday, August 10th means, Peter, games tonight. Oh! Games tonight. How dare you? Oh I'm like, is it 888? No, that was two days ago. No, 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 no. I almost got you. I almost okay. got you. Right. Two games tonight. Which two games? Mm. Well, you tell us. What okay. are you a part of? We've got, that's tomorrow night. Oh, that's tomorrow night. This Sorry. one, we got Texans versus Patriots. Patriots. Yep. We got Seahawks versus Vikings. Yes. On the network. Mm-hmm. Football here, football. real football. Uh, and you are working tonight. I am working tonight. <laughs> yes, a little twin cast. Devin and myself will be an alternate cast for the Patriots Texans game. Should be a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Now, do you call the Manning brothers for help or advice or how to go about your business or something like this? No, no. they're not twins. They don't, they're You're not right. on your level, right? Yeah. You should just have famous twins on. Yeah, you know oh. what I'm saying? The Sklar brothers, oh. the Olsen twins, Kent Urbach, that type of thing. Frankie Sweet Music Viola. I'll have to have my people call their people and should do it. Can do. It's great. You know? Gosh, you know what I'm excited for? the lead segment what Jason's going to talk about. I'm excited for angry, frustrated Mac Jones voiceover. Let's do it. I, I love it. I know what they're going to go with. Right. He's certainly watch. the guy, right? It's coming. Here it comes. We've got so a funny. huge preseason doubleheader, as we just mentioned. Peter said, NFL Network tonight. It starts with the Texans taking on the Patriots in New England, followed by Vikings heading west to Seattle to play the Seahawks. That's all live tonight. NFL Network starts at 7 p.m. Eastern, 2 football game, so let's keep it with the Patriots first. On Tuesday, Bill Belichick was asked about his quarterbacks for Thursday, and as you can imagine, he gave a very specific and clear answer. What's your plan for Thursday night for the snap counts for each quarterback? Mm, yeah, I'm still working on that. But the players who are at least experienced will get the most playing time, I can tell you that. Will that start? Yeah, I don't know. 
right. How does he yeah. say, yeah, I don't know? I don't know. know. I don't know. It's like my two-year-old right now. She says no to everything first, no matter what. And, and then you're yes. like, you want a popsicle? She goes, no, yeah. Like, <laughs> so we don't know anything official yet for tonight's game against the Texans. But we do know that the Patriots unofficial depth chart was released yesterday, and it lists Mac Jones as QB1 over Bailey Zappi. There's no or, it's just Mac Jones and then Bailey Zappi. So all offseason, we heard from Bill Belichick that the quarterbacks would have a, quote, chance to compete for the starting job. This is not uh, unusual for Belichick, of course. But let's ask this. How can Mac Jones end the debate, period, end of sentence, I am your week one starter and ensure that he is under center for the Patriots in the future? Uh, Mac Jones is going to be the week one starter. I don't think there's any competition here between him and Bailey Zappi. He's taking all the first team reps. I don't think he's going to play tonight. I think it's going to be Bailey Zappi, McSorley, Cunningham, the other quarterbacks getting all the reps. I think Mac will be on the sideline watching the game. I don't – this isn't a competition. He's the number one guy. Now – Your question is, how does he hold on to that? I look at Mac Jones and his Patriots team, and I'm not going to say it's all built on wins and losses. This is a team that was in uh, winning in in Week 18 in Buffalo, a chance to make the playoffs last year with subpar quarterback play, offense kind of in shambles, and they still found a way to win some games to be relevant at the end of the season. So I think going into this year, you're going to see some of that as well. They're going to find a way to win games with obviously Bill O'Brien coming to the table. For Mac Jones, I look at three things for him. It has to be control, poise, and toughness. Those are the things that he needs to bring to the table this year because as you watched him last year here we go here we go he was just kind of melting down with everything going on and (laughs) i think there are a ton of excuses that you can put in you had joe judge coaching offense being a quarterback's coach for the first time you had matt patricia first time as an offensive coordinator who's a defensive guy at heart so there's a lot of things going on but for mac jones no matter what no matter how great bill o'brien is there's going to be adversity this year there are going to be things that don't go their way How does he handle those things? Do the guys around him, do the brass with the organization, do they feel comfortable with him in control and taking the lead of this offense? I think that is the Mm. biggest question mark because when you see a guy acting like that, and we've talked about, well, Brady goes crazy on the side on this, that, and the third – it's different. Mm-hmm. He was just getting into the league only in year two. Guys want to see you have control and poise no matter what goes down. I think those are the question marks. That's mm-hmm. Can I put you on the spot right now? You Go talk ahead. to your brother, Go your ahead. twin brother. You talk to him. He's maybe the most decorated Patriot the last 10 years that's not named Tom Brady. Is he all in on Mac Jones? Is Devin like Mac is one of those guys, knowing him now three seasons inside and out? I think he likes Mac Jones, but I wouldn't call Devin an evaluator of the quarterback position to say, like, hey, Dev stamps Mac Jones, and he's also a guy that is entrenched in that organization. So he's not going to come out and say, yeah, Mac's not the guy. He's going to Mm -hmm. always come out and support whoever. If they put Trace McSorley and say, hey, he's our number Mm -hmm. one guy, Dev's going to be like, hey, I was at training camp practicing. Trace looked really good. That's good. Allowing an authentic take. Just like that. That's what he's going to say. He's not going to. Well, listen, we, we had Matthew Judon on that share, and we're just like, look, you're great. Is, does Mac have it? Is he good enough? And, you know, he says, eh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> Matt, Matt understands yeah, media I and everything. I don't know how much conviction was behind it. I don't know. My answer to the question, Mac Jones needs to win a playoff game. Mm. What are we doing here? Like, you're a New England Patriot. You're the quarterback. The last Patriots playoff win, Jason was playing in. Like, think about that. So Jason's sitting yeah. here in his plaid shirt and he had eggs for breakfast in our craft services room. <laughs> he was on the Patriots the last time they won a playoff game. The Patriots are the standard of this generation. Yeah. So, yeah, you should win a playoff game. 
I don't care that the AFC is so hard and, oh, they have too many good quarterbacks. You were a first-round pick from Alabama in your third year under the greatest coach in team sports history. And we're worried about, I don't know, Trevor Lawrence and Josh. What are we doing? When did we become apologists for Mac Jones and the Patriots? Our entire adult lives, they've been the standard in the NFL. And now we're saying, you know, maybe they could squeak into the wild card. No, win a playoff game this year. And if he can't get them there, move on from him. He's a first-round pick. Teams move on first-round pick quarterbacks all the time. The Jets do it every 20 minutes. Like, (laughs) you've made a lot of teams move on from first-round pick quarterbacks. You're the Patriots. You know, I'm just reminded of the 98-99 Chicago Bulls, all right? That is the team after the last dance. Mm -hmm. Jordan leaves, Pippen leaves, everybody. And I remember, I believe it was Brent Berry Mm -hmm. who shows up on the team that year, and he's like, you know, it's like the confetti's on the ground and all the champagne <laughs> bottles are there and he kind of just missed it. And the team was terrible and it's hard to come after that. The difference is, for the Patriots, Phil Jackson Still stayed. There. Still there. And Tex Winner is there and he's got the whole they staff. They're the triangle. Yes, they got, it. they got it. So why don't they have any wins? Mm. Why can't they get this done? Uh, I think even if they show up in the playoffs this year and like, oh my God, the Pats in the playoffs, and they lose 38 to 13 to Jacksonville or uh, the Chargers, disastrous year. This is a standard here. Win a playoff game. Win. I don't even know a playoff if, I don't game. If they're not finishing in last in the AFC East. Then get out of here. Then it's broken. Then the coach needs to rethink some things, including his own future. And the quarterback's not working. Year three, Alabama, first round pick. This is the year. No more excuses. Move on. I've, I've been on a deep like. You know, Reading everything out of the locals in New England, um, speaking to Patriots fan friends of mine and what they think. And it's amazing what the Patriot fan is coming out here. Already there's buzz around Malik Cunningham, mm-hmm. who is an untrusted guy out of Louisville. Is a quarterback? Like, he's he's yeah. turned heads. He's turned heads at camp. And, you know, it's like, I feel like the Patriot fan. <laughs> and tell me if I'm wrong. And I was with my friend Jared, who is one, last, and he was saying it similar, too. He's like, because we've been... Raised on, hey, Bledsoe's the guy, but then here comes Brady. Oh. There's always this thought of, all right, well, well, Brady's the guy, but when he's out, Jimmy G is actually yeah, great also. Yeah. Jimmy we had G's that with out. Bailey Zappi, too. Yeah. Brissette is out. Yeah. All Mac's got to do is, yeah, 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 yeah. is, to me, slam that phone down and be like, <laughs> I'm better than Bailey Zappi. I'm better than Malik Cunningham. I'm the guy here. And just worry about that. Like, you look at Bailey Zappi last year, standing ovation on a Monday night game know, when he goes in against the Raiders or the Bears. Standing ovation. Zappi's still there. To me, it's like, I know Mac Jones might be number one on the depth chart, and Kyle, you're right. He was first round pick, so he's gonna get the benefit of the doubt. But this is not a slam dunk. And the Patriot fan base, which plays no role in Belichick's decisions, I am sure of that. But the Patriot fan base has a history of, you know what? The guy behind him. Yeah. He's usually worked out okay. Like, I like that. Brady, like, Plitzo was the highest paid player in all of football. <laughs> Goes down, and Brady comes in and is the great. Brissett was a third round yeah, pick. Yeah, great Thursday night or that. Against well. Houston. I, they that Houston. Awesome. Um, Peter, they were, the, the fans were raised on a fairy tale. That's they exactly were, right. And they it's, think it can happen again. It's usually the yeah. exception to the rule for the Patriots. It's like, it actually is the rule. Mm. Maybe it so, does work into Belichick's thinking, too. So, like, to me, it's. It's not a slam dunk that he's the quarterback of the future. He's got to go earn that job, and he's got to beat out Bailey Zappi, not only in the summer, but also in the preseason. He might be the number one, and he'll start week one yeah, and everything. Right. But you better believe if they're 0-2 and he starts throwing some no interceptions, question. that Bailey Zappi talk. And when Bailey Zappi doesn't do so hot, the Malik Cunningham talk is Malik The Cunningham. Patriots fan is Someone's always waiting. Right. Right. Someone is coming, and someone's on the way. 
And I think that, that he needs to slam the door and make sure that there is no question that he's the guy. And it starts in his own quarterbacks. Right? Yeah. Well, the fans, don't you think, were also raised on the thinking that Bill Belichick makes these kind of wonky first-round draft picks and, like, somehow, like, he's such a genius. Like, whether it takes a couple of years, they're convinced. Like, in Bill, we believe, Bill, in yeah. terms of these late-round, yeah. first-round picks. And so, if this Mac Jones experience, it's almost the tip of the iceberg, I think, for, like, What's Coach Belichick been doing mm-hmm. it with these first-round picks? Or are they transpiring the way they were of yesteryear? Or maybe you just need to go back to get the most talented guy that's left on the board, not the guy that you think is going to like look creative or look kind of silly, but like look, he paid out at right guard five mm-hmm. years down the road. Mm-hmm. I did this exercise again. I come to think, who is the best wide receiver on the Patriots roster? I cannot, for the life of me, be like, bam, Juju Smith-Schuster. Bam, Devontae Parker. Because when I go around this division and you say the names, Tua and Tyreek, Josh and Stephon, Aaron Rodgers and an offensive rookie of the year, Mac Jones and Devontae Parker, it just doesn't ring the same bell. Mm -hmm. So, Patriots, what are you doing? Where, Where is your investment going offensively? We talked yesterday about the Giants and how Daniel Jones has to be the best offensive player despite having Saquon Barkley. Who is gonna who can be the most important and best offensive player to make a difference on this Patriots team this year? Mac Jones could be really good. Is a really good Mac Jones gonna beat Tua Rodgers and Josh Allen? I'm not convinced of that. And there's nothing besides his rookie season that's shown me that. Oh, my gosh. When he really elevates his game, even when he was at Alabama, did he have to elevate his game to a point where he was making a difference because he was thrown to Devontae Smith, he was thrown to, uh, you know, he was handing the ball off to Josh Jacobs or to Najee Harris. I mean, this this quarterback has been raised in an offense in the last eight years where did he have to be every time the guy Mm -hmm. because – we don't know what that looks like or what kind of difference that could make. Mm-hmm. You bring up a great point because we're talking about some of the better quarterbacks in our league day in and day out, how Jalen Hurts got A.J. Brown and Josh Allen got Stephon Diggs. And right. then we look at Mac and like you're saying, hey, this is Patriots. Like, we got to win a playoff game. And then you look to the outside, and that's no slight against Devontae Parker, no. Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, all of those guys, Juju Smith-Schuster. But we go around the table and say, right, who's the number one guy When there? DeAndre Hopkins is in the building, should you almost out of like a – even if it seems like financially it shouldn't make sense, if you're the Patriots in that regard, if you're talking about give me what, like you yeah. just yeah. say, all right, look, he might not be what he was, and I know he's expensive, but DeAndre Hopkins at least is a weapon. Should they have maybe signed him? Or are we already saying that in August, on August 9th? Well, from the outside looking in, of course we say that. And then you think about from within that building, think about Brady's receivers over the years. He didn't always have a number. Obviously, yeah. Randy Moss was there, and that kind of happened randomly that he gets there, but... It was Julian Edelman stepping up, the Wes Welker stepping up. It was It was was a different deal. But Brady had it to make guys better. Does Mac Jones have that? That's that's, kind of the blueprint. Right, right. I just, who knows, again, who the margin is. Win a playoff game this year. That seems like a crazy Winning a playoff game is a big ask because there's only going to be four teams in that round. Football's hard. You know awesome. what I mean? So he loses That's his job. That's what we asked of Daniel Jones last season. And he did Justin it. Herbert doesn't want a playoff game. There's a Patriots logo on his helmet. Yeah. There's six mm-hmm. banners here. I mean, we're going to keep apologizing for him. Last year was hard with the coordinators and blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I, you get three years, man. Your first round pick win. Do you feel like uh, Kyle just Miko Hardman, Aaron Rodgers, you by saying the last time the Patriots won a playoff game, Jason McCourty was on the team? Not true. It was all, I think it was it's all positive. Not good look so. for the Pats. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. I realize my comments yesterday took on a different life than I intended yesterday. And that's on me for not being as clear as I needed to be. I'll own that. At the end of the day, we know that we're trying to build here and we're all aligned. As I've said many times since I've hired Eric, I love the overall message that he gave to the team his first day. And that was basically, we gotta learn to be comfortable when we're uncomfortable. And I think what's happened is for those guys on that side of the ball, Things are uncomfortable. There's been a lot of change. And the entire way of doing things has changed on the offensive side. Change is hard, and I've always encouraged our players to have great dialogue and build relationships with our staff. Since those conversations took place with Eric and the players, I've seen the improvements. And I can honestly say that the last couple of practices probably have been the best of training camp, which I think is great. To me, that displays a team is beginning to embrace the message and approach to how he does things and how we want things done. I mean, that is, I'd say it's unprecedented, but I don't know. The league, there's something new every day. This is, uh, Ron speaks out, Eric responds, and then Ron yesterday has to read that statement. Um, Can I jump in here? Yeah. I'm uncomfortable watching that. I love Ron. I really do. 
it was a strange media moment with the enemy, and mm-hmm. then it is followed up by him reading a statement, a, the, like a rote statement. Very strange. And it, we're only in training camp. It, it was a very odd choice. I think you followed one with another. I hope the season works out for Ron, but that, yeah. that was very... Yeah. It made to give some context to the viewers who might Just not talk. have been watching the first few days, oh, Ron came out and said that some players had been... Uh, talking about Bienemy's intensity, and he kind of aired it out publicly. Bienemy then came out and was like, "That's how I coach." But the players need to know that I'm not only their toughest critic, I'm also their biggest fans. And then yesterday, Ron came out and said, "I actually didn't mean to be saying what is it." Brings us to this. Here's the statement: We okay. in or we out? Mm-hmm. Old school coaching style, which clearly is what Eric Bienemy uses in his day to day, can still work. With players in the NFL in 2023, in today's modern day, can you still be one of those old school coaches? We in or we out, Jason? I'm in. Old school coaching. Old school was you're having triple days practice. You're going out there multiple times. You have full equipment on. You're hitting. That's not allowed anymore. These guys are out of the building by like 7 p.m. It's a normal work day. Me being able to be hard on you and criticize you as a player, I think the consistency of a coach is what is key in this. For bien me, if I'm the same way every single day as a player, I can accept that, I can respect that, and we can move forward. I think it's when you have a coach that's up and down. One day he's your best friend, the next day he's cursing you out. It's just like, well, I don't know what the hell I'm going to get from you, so it's hard for me to come into work with the right mindset. But I believe this style of coaching can still work, and I'm basing it off the fact that Eric Bieniemy was just in Kansas City for multiple years where they won two Super Bowls. So obviously he had one of the, has one of the best quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes, one of the best head coaches in Andy Reid, and the coaching style worked. I think I'm out. Um, I was watching a clip of last year's Hard Knocks this morning, and mm-hmm. it was Dan Campbell talking yeah. to the team, and they had just had a really physical practice, and they did some hitting, and they did some tackling, and he was almost apologizing to the team. Mm. He was certainly explaining it, but he was saying, there's a reason I'm doing this, and I, I wish we didn't have to, but we do to get you ready. And Dan Campbell is the epitome of what you're talking about, about the old school. And I, I feel like he was apologizing to the Lions that they worked really hard and hit. I don't think it can, because when you say old school, I think it's definitely uh, extra hard work physically. I think it is the criticizing or belittling verbally mm-hmm. that now I think a lot of times is looked at as bullying, mm-hmm. that like you cannot, we can't condone that. Um, I think, I, I, don't, I don't think it can, because it's not just that. It's also like, I don't want any cell phones. I don't want any hats. I don't want any of this stuff. And I think that pisses players off quickly. Turn so, your social media off. Yeah, just everything across the board. If you were to just have a coach to come in and he had a great resume and he was pedigreed and everything, but he checked every box about we're hitting as much as we possibly can. We're running as much as we can. You can't do anything in the meetings. You can't do this. You can't do that. And you have all these rules. Like, I think he would be immediately tuned out. Even if he was like the best, best football coach on the field and just knew everything about the game, I think he'd be lose players really quick. And I think it starts in college and the NIL thing is a big part of it. And then I think it starts in high school. So I don't think so. I think it's a dinosaur. It really is. I, I, I wish it wasn't. I was raised on it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it is. Okay. Um, an old school style of coaching still works. And reading your thing like Ron you, Rivera. I like it. You have to win. Don't and that, mock Ron. Uh, don't mock Ron. I'm not mocking, but it, that was such an unbe- what, unbelievable in the statement of, I don't think he believed what he was saying. Mm. And so he had to read it because I think what was authentic to him was when he answered the question in the first place, mm. which was, hey, we've heard, the reporter asked him, we've heard that uh, Eric Bieniemy is really hard on these players. He's tough. And then Ron gave an authentic answer to Ron, which is, 
you know, I like what I like his style. I hired him, but it's going to take some getting used to. Mm-hmm. That's what he thought. And now the backlash of it, Ron has to read a prepared statement because it's not what he actually believes. Yeah. I think it's okay that he thought that way. It's just he didn't realize the backlash because yeah. old school's coaching styles work if everyone's on the same page, and that's not Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. So I guess winning is going to be the thing that fixes all problems, but if this whole discourse continues between these two coaches, I don't see how the team chemistry can really build in the mm. building. Yeah. You you play with so many coaches. Give us an example of an old school coach and a new school coach. Old school coach, I was in Cleveland. We had Greg Williams, old school. We wouldn't leave that meeting room until 1030 at night. Mm-hmm. The CBA doesn't even allow that to happen anymore. So I think you can still have an old school style, but there's a lot of rules and stipulations that – to the point protected. of you're making the work and all this, that, and the third, it's protected. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah. I think the game is still moving forward. But that's why I believe it can still last. And I don't really can't say I've had any new, new school, school coaches. No. I, had, yeah. I had that. Then I had Bill Belichick. I had not exactly new school. Not at all. Yeah. Brian Flores, who comes from Yeah, no, that is not new school. school. <laughs> Just like didn't have that at all. You like know if I mean? you had played for Mike McDaniel and stayed in Miami, you probably would have been like, what is this? It's, it's a totally different vibe. This? I yeah. think both still work. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Andy Reid just won the Super Bowl, I wouldn't consider him a new school coach. No, but he and Pete Carroll have sort of adapted a lot of the new yes. school things. I think yeah, Pete mm-hmm. Carroll definitely has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, good conversation. Mm-hmm. Speaking of coaching styles, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's old school or new school. I'm going to say new school. Robert mm-hmm. Sala was on full display Tuesday night during the premiere of Hard Knocks. For those who missed it, he put the Jets hype this summer into context with this opening speech. Mm. Did you know that the only bird, the only bird in the world that will attack an eagle is a crow. It's a crow. That's the only bird that will actually have the to attack an eagle. It will perch on the eagle's back and peck at its neck. So rather than fight back and tearing a crow to pieces like it can, the eagle spreads its wings and it soars as high as it possibly can. It keeps going and going and going as high as it can. And the higher the eagle flies, the harder it is for the crow to breathe. Eventually, the crow suffocates, falls back down the earth, and dies. That's what happens. Guys, we got a great deal of hype around us. We do. All kinds of expectations. And with great expectations, we know that there's going to be a whole lot of people, a whole lot of crows expecting us to fall on our face. That's good. Bob Sala nailed his speech. It was really good. I love when Rodgers is like, okay, mm-hmm. what's the, what's the Shaq in. meme? I'm impressed with your game. So <laughs> like, Rodgers nods. You have my curiosity. Yeah. I have my yeah. attention. Yeah. 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 Uh, if you missed episode one, you can absolutely stream it. Hard Knocks with the New York Jets right now on HBO Max. It broke records. It's uh, It had a huge uptick from last year with the Lions. It's very popular, so go watch it. We're fans of NFL Films. But are we fans of the Jets getting this much attention? Here's the statement. (laughs) Hard Knocks, even just the first episode, puts an even bigger target on the New York Jets' back. Are we in or are we out, Kyle? You know that thing that people are taking pictures from, from the planes when they land in Las Vegas? There's this, like, massive, like... Sphere. What is that? The sphere. It's an eyeball. It's an eyeball. That's the target on the back of the Jets right now. (laughs) Here's the thing. The players... Jason, back me up here. Yeah. The players watch Hard Knocks. Like when, when Rogers found out about Hard Knocks, his first reaction was something about the narrator of the show. Like mm. he's deep mm. in it. He watches it. You know they're watching this Jets season. They're seeing all about the dynamics and the players and everything. And here's the thing: 
this is something other shows won't give you. We did the research on the, the success or lack thereof for every Hard Knocks team in show history. 18 teams in Hard Knocks. They're 143, 146, and one. Pretty even. <laughs> Sub five. Seven made playoffs. No Hard Knocks team has ever hosted a playoff game. Really? 18 teams. Huh. 17 prior seasons, one season had two teams. They have never played a home playoff game, never even in the wild card ever. The teams don't work out. Now, these are teams are picked because of their potential, maybe a new coach, maybe a new player. You would think you might hit a little higher on this given the TV choices they're making and Mm -hmm. choosing them. They don't. It's starting. This is not two or three seasons, guys. We have 18 (laughs) seasons of empirical data. I think that there is a bigger target. I think the players do watch. I think they do up their game for the Hard Knocks team. Absolutely, I think it's a bigger target. Interesting. I'm out on that the target got bigger. I think the target was already massive sure. in the amount of which everybody has been talking about this team and the nature of it. In, 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 if anything, I just think it maybe clarifies the mystery. We mm-hmm. still would have cared about the Jets. We still would have had the expectation there. But being able to watch Solid give a speech like that and watch, see how Rodgers relates with Hackett and how he's working with the young guys and how much the team loves each other, it just helps us as fans of the team and the goal at hand just have clarity on like what they're after and Mm. how the messaging is so then if it goes awry we can refer back to hard knocks if it goes great we can refer back to hard knocks just clarity the goal the the target hasn't changed what i loved about that clip of sala is i've been in that point where you're sitting in a meeting room and a head coach i have to stand in front of you every single day and he starts out and he's saying the eagle or crow and you're you're tapping your neighbor like what the hell is And then he, then he starts, and then that's when you see him pan back and Rogers, and it's just like, oh, okay, I, coach, I see you read a good book this offseason. So as far as the target, I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm out as well because I think these teams are sometimes selected, and when the Browns were on and they hadn't won many games, I don't think anyone was more eager to Jets play the Browns. Though. The, the Jets, Jets specifically, though. The Jets specifically. I think the target is based off the fact that they brought in one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. So now when you're playing against the Jets, it's not Zach Wilson. Aaron Rodgers is behind there. I better bring my A game or they're going to beat me. What so about I think the it's sauce and Garrett Wilson one-on-one? Like these two guys are Dion and Jerry Rice all right? of a sudden. Slow Hall of Fame, all this. Like, when you're going up against Sauce and you're like, yeah, I, I watched you over the summer. I got your Hall of Fame right here, buddy. I'm about to break this off on you. All pro, he was all pro last year. Like, great. You're yeah. going wa- to want to play against him. Like, you want to go against the but best. But now he has his own HBO show. He's on the same channel as Tony Soprano and Joffrey. You know, <laughs> Joffrey. Joffrey. Ryan's right. Ben Ben and Dream On. Um, my, I thought the New York City take was interesting. So, in the New York, like, Sal Licata and Sean Marash, some of the WFAN hosts that are local sports radio. They loved it. They didn't like it. They were like, it looks like it was a Rodgers love fest, and Sal doesn't look like he's the guy because Rodgers is the bigger voice in that Mm. room, which is how it was cut, and there's a million ways you can look at it, but like, even having that out there, that's one of the reasons maybe the Jets were kind of reluctant to do it. Now they're going to be picked apart by the local media, and they're going to use those 60 minutes of television as Mm -hmm. an example of the whole summer as a whole. I I don't know. It's a good point. It is so surprising because, like, in general, the New York radio media specifically, they're such a warm and fuzzy that, like, they constantly just want to They didn't just say it was great? No, they're like, oh, we love love the access. Right. right. I heard it. They didn't do a... What was your favorite part of Hard Knocks? (laughs) They didn't do that segment. They didn't do that segment. Uh, Jets, Bills, (laughs) week one. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Viking Seahawks squaring off in Seattle. That's all live tonight on NFL Network. The Vikings side of things, that's the NFC North conversation with the Lions. So let's go there first. Vikings coming off a 13-win season. An NFC North title. And yet, it seems like their division rival, the Lions, are getting all of the offseason love. A lot of which is because they finished so well. Including that showcase slot in the Thursday night week one game. Oh boy! against the Kansas City Chiefs. Viking head coach Kevin O'Connell was asked earlier this week if he's hearing all the Lions hype and he plans on using it as motivation for his team. Look, Detroit, uh, I I get it. They finished the season really, really well, really strong. Um, Got a lot of respect for what Dan and and his staff is doing there uh, with that football team. But ultimately, we know um, we were able to win the division a year ago. It was a, it was a goal of our team to do that, and we accomplished that. But that means absolutely nothing uh, for this year. The outside narratives, uh, you know, they are what they are, and, and I have respect for that. But at the same time, uh, I can pick and choose when when I feel like we need to use that. Uh, versus uh, we got a, a a group that I would imagine doesn't need to hear that for me to know that's going on. 
Vikings can't catch a break. For years, it was Packers, 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 Packers. 13 wins last year, and now it's Lions, 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 Lions. Uh, they hear it in Minnesota. They are the division champs. But is it crazy right now to still consider the Lions as the favorite in the NFC North over the Vikings, Peter? I think it's a lot to say for a team that hasn't been to the uh, Super Bowl ever and a team that hasn't had much success in recent years and missed the playoffs completely last year. And if I'm Kevin O'Connell, I'm leaning into this every single day at practice. If I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm leaning into this every single day in practice. Those are two teams that have had a lot of success over the last few years, especially the Vikings. Now, What's my holdup with the Lions? I think the Lions are great. I look at their rookie class and I'm like giggling over waiting to see Jameer Gibbs and Sam mm-hmm. Laporta and Jack Campbell. And they are loaded everywhere. And if you watch the Amon Ra St. Brown summer, it's been like this guy can do no wrong. Yeah. Are Dan Campbell and those guys going to outwit Kevin O'Connell and his guys or Matt LaFleur and his guys in a big game in December? That's what I'm wondering about. It's an experience thing. And I know you're saying, well, O'Connell has no... Dan Campbell's coached in bigger games with the Saints. And they're like, I know, but O'Connell won a lot of close games last year. That team won a lot of one-score games and was pressing all the right buttons. And LaFleur has won divisions. And I know it was with Rodgers. But I think this is going to be a Dan Campbell thing. And to me... I have to think that the Vikings are the favorites in the NFC North. They have to be because they won the division and they added talent too. And I think that should fuel the Lions. That should get mm. But for everyone just crowning the Lions this summer and saying, well, look, they added, they got David Montgomery. We can go through the roster and all this stuff. I would just say that summer hype means nothing. Yes, they finished the season great. And yes, they did all that. The Vikings are the defending champions of the division and they bring just about everybody back as well. Peter, you used a very loaded phrase there I'm going to double back on. Mm-hmm. You asked, can Dan Campbell outwit yeah. O'Connell and LaFleur? What mm-hmm. do you mean by that? O'Connell and LaFleur are offensive head coaches who have been down the roads and they've they got all these things in their head. Dan Campbell is a head coach. He's a CEO type. And, of course, he was a tight end in the NFL mm-hmm. and he was a tight ends coach and all this thing. The question for me isn't about who's a smarter coach and who's going to motivate and who's going to be able to pull the X's and O's. Yeah. That's going to be the end of the day. It's not going to be golf necessarily versus Jordan Love. It's going to be who can game plan against each other. And I want to see Campbell game plan and outwit those two guys. A lot of the LaFleur O'Connell types these days are winning much more than the Dan Campbell beat the chess, like head against the locker thing. But wasn't that the big deal that he retained Ben Johnson, though, as the uh, witty play caller, if you will, Mm -hmm. offensively? Here's where I come out on this. It's not crazy at all for the Lions to be the favorites at all. And when the question's posed, my muscle memory goes to this place of, let me think about when was the last time the Lions won a playoff game? When was the last Super Bowl? And then I said, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who gives a damn when the last time they won the North or were favored in the North? I hate it. I am so here for this a resistance against holding teams distant past against their present. None of those players were there in the 90s. Dan Campbell wasn't there in the 90s. This year, if the Lions get their thing going and they're doing well, all due respect, I don't want to hear about Barry Sanders. I just don't. He's one of my favorite players ever, and he has nothing to do with it. I don't want to see video of Wayne Fonts. I don't want to see Herman Moore. I love those guys. I want to see these guys. See, the Lions are like this old relative you have, the Lions. It's like Uncle Lenny. And Lenny just can't get his act together year after Uncle year. Lenny. And you see him here or there, and you see him every year on Thanksgiving, and it's oh. always like, oh, man, I hope Lenny's all right. You know, he's been fired, or he's been dumped, or he's been caught in some sort of sting, or he's got legal problems and credit problems. Last year, <laughs> Lenny showed up, and he's got a suit on, and he lost weight, 
and he has a haircut and he's yeah, shaved Lenny. and he's got a, a date and it's like, damn, Lenny, mm. you got your life together. Now, do you sit down with Lenny and say, but you know, it's been like 20 years since you've been clean and sober showing up here and since you've been coherent, or do you say, never mind all that, Lenny. That's in the past, and I respect what you're doing here. Love it. And you have a new direction and a new clarity. You're an idiot and a jerk if you're harping on Lenny's past and his demons and his skeletons in his closet in his good old days in high school when he was Uncle Rico. <laughs> now he's got something going on. So for the love of God, can we please try to keep the focus on the 2023 Lions? And if they start winning, it's not necessary to say, they haven't had two wins in a row since 1805, whatever the hell it is. Just now, the current, the positive, the future, that's what I want. So the answer to the question, it's not crazy at all. It's crazy to say if the 2004 Lions yeah. would win the North, but I don't care about the 2004 Lions. It's not crazy the 2023 Lions are going to win the North, and I think they'll be in the contention. Let's Lenny go. walks in. You're like, what's up? Oh, who's who's, who's right. his? Look at Lenny. I want to know what kind of wow. scheme Lenny was caught in. Hey, you do want to check, do a background check kind. on whoever Lenny has <laughs> yeah. with him, but I'm I'm right with you. Lenny, and I think, your day? I, yeah. I think this place where hey, Lenny has a date. That's a, that's a <laughs> that's huge a deal right exactly. Exactly. Like, Usually Lenny shows up with an anklet and, you know, like <laughs> after Thanksgiving dinner, he's like, do you want to go for a walk for a while? And you're like, no, Lenny, I think we're good. good. Yeah, I'm good, Lenny. You feel safe. Go to the shed yourself, Lenny. Yeah, it's a lot of going to the bathroom, yeah. like yeah. a lot of nice. And when you, when you talk about Lenny, it's the last time I saw you. So I'm not worried about all those years ago. This is the current and this is the now. When you think about the Lions and the last time we saw the Lions out there on the football field was a fourth down play and they're in Green Bay and they're playing against the Packers. And this is the feeling you have. This was them winning their last game, giving themselves a chance to get into the playoffs. A young Lions team and the feeling you get watching this, them celebrating, them enjoying it. This is how the season ended. And there's the cliche, you're only as good as your last play. Lenny's only as good as when he showed up that day and you're <laughs> fired up to see Unk. For the Minnesota Vikings, this is the last time we got a chance to see them. So Lenny might have gotten his act together, but there's that cousin Ray Ray over there who yep, comes in, yep, and Ray yep. Ray hasn't gotten his act together. And the feeling that Ray Ray gives you when you see him <laughs> is this same feeling when, like, a Jamie Erdahl watches this play and Minnesota's season's sure. over and they're walking off the field Tough and play. she comes in fired up. That's what we last saw. So it's okay to say, hey, I feel great about the Lions this year because Green Bay lost their quarterback and Aaron right. Rodgers, and the Bears only won three games last year. So it was like, no, I feel very confident in the Lions. Will they do it? We'll find out. But if I'm picking somebody, I feel great about picking them as the favorites. Mm. Oh, right. the Minnesota Vikings. I really tried to approach this to your point about, like, what are we walking into this season? And I'm not going to go with the lines. I want to walk into the season with the Vikings. And I am still, and I understand the economics behind it, but I am still stuck back on the Vikings letting Dalvin Cook walk and going with Alexander Madison as your guy coming out of the backfield, letting Adam Thielen go, and having Jordan Addison be the number two behind Justin Jefferson. Are those the pieces? Is that, is having TJ Hawkins in there as your tight end, is that what going to make Kirk Cousins shine? Because if you are going to be outwitted by an NFC North opponent, like let's say throwing a third down conversion to Penny Sewell in December for the Lions to beat you, did you do enough mm -hmm. for these subtractions that you allowed happen in your building moving forward? 13 wins was great, but what else were we talking about last season? 13 wins for the Vikings. Were they the easiest? Was this the easiest season ever? Is yeah, this the luckiest season ever? Uh, you, you gave up 33 points to a Colts team in December. Yeah, you came back and won, okay. but how did you give up 33 in the but first half? But this year. I understand that, but that the, the, the personnel, the coach 
coaching, that same coach had that happen to him in December. Sure. I, it's fine. It's, She's it, too I harsh agree on Lenny right now. Offensive yeah. to go back 20 years, sure. But if Lenny, if, if, Lenny, like if Lenny did something to, to you, yeah, we, if Lenny, if Lenny, Lenny took a 20 lines. out of your wallet six months ago, yeah. you're not just leaving your billfold out to dry like right next to him six right. months later. I would still say there's some scar tissue there sure. emotionally. Last so, season, fine. I just don't last season, fine. Yeah. So I just don't know for what the Vikings, you know, what they have to fix defensively as well. Did they do enough? Because everyone seemed to get better in this yeah. division. Mm. Everyone did. It's a tight one. It's a tight one. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.